Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. Getting the phone lines open up for you, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We also have the text lines open up, excuse me, for you. <laughs> 720-336-0897. I don't know why, but I have the hiccups, and we're just going to pray that they go away before anything uh, anything continues on through the show. Let me get my call screen up here. I walked in literally, uh, I'm going to say 30 seconds before, not even 10 seconds, uh, 10 seconds before the show started. So I got to get situated and talk at the same time, uh, and I know the Lord uh, can do that. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, lines are wide open. Uh, you know uh, that the phone lines do fill up uh, toward the end of the show, you know, as the show gets going, so if you've always wanted to be on the air, you've always wanted to get on uh, on the air, now is the time to call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. We are gathering tonight here at Calvary Church. We're studying through the book of 1 Peter. Uh, it is. Uh, we're also praying for a short-term mission team we're sending out. Yes, missions takes place during COVID, during lockdowns, during everything. Yes, yes, yes. God is not going to be held back. We will find a way to honor the King and honor the Lord. Actually, let me flip that around. Honor the Lord and honor the King in that order. Uh, we're going to learn to obey God and not man. And, you know, maybe we interpret that a little differently than you uh, in the sense that uh, we may not go as far as some people or we may not do, um, you know, we, we may have a differing opinion on that, but I, what, what we agree on is we want to honor God. Isn't that great? We want to honor God. We want to obey Him, but we also want to, you know, God didn't remove Romans 13 from the Bible. You know that, right? God did not remove Romans 13 from the Bible, even to the point of death. That's what the early church martyrs went through. Pick up this free resource, Google it. Uh, on There's a lot of PDF uh, copies because it's in the public domain. <clears throat> Pick up a copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs. Fox's Book of of martyrs. It's a first century account of the, well, it's an account of first century, um, uh, <clears throat> let me, I'm looking it up right now. It's F-O-X-E, apostrophe S, Book of Martyrs, and just plenty of PDF uh, copies here, Bible study tools. Uh, there's, uh, you can buy it on Amazon, of course. Let me see if this is for sale. Fox's Book of Martyrs. You know, it's 99 cents of one of the versions. Get it, because you will see that men and women before us 
Uh, here's what PDF on NTS library. So just, just Google it. Foxes, F-O-X-E, apostrophe S, Book of Martyrs. And you will uh, see that there, the believers set the tone in the first century uh, to the point of death. And I think in this era of division, there's political division, there's racial division, there is um, church division, there's so much disagreement that we need to get back to what we agree on. What are the essentials? What are the essentials of the faith? And let's agree to, to agree, and let's set our disagreements aside for the sake of unity. Let's strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Now, I heard what I just said, and somebody's like listening, go, what? How could we give up? How could we set aside our differences for unity? I don't want to be a compromiser. Look, if we agree on the essentials, then we're not compromising. But because I don't agree with you, uh, for example, uh, you know, we use haze machines here uh, to enhance our lighting sometimes during worship. And then there's another pastor, I can't believe you guys are new age using haze machines. Hey, let's just set that aside. You obviously disagree, and let's talk about what we agree, right? That's not essential. Um, I had somebody recently post on, uh, on Instagram that says, oh, you got a lot of smoke there. And I just responded, no, it's not smoke at all. It's water do- droplets. And it is, it's not smoke, and uh, we don't want smoke. Um, obviously, that would be dangerous. <laughs> but but we, uh, we do have haze, and it's a non-toxic uh, water droplets that help the lights, enhance the lights. And it actually does make the lights look really cool, and the room really cool, and the men and women that dedicate their life to making it, um, uh, in, uh, using those tools to enhance the atmosphere. And then people would say, well, you know, we don't need all that fancy stuff. We can just worship the Lord. Well, then where do we draw the line? Do we not need musical instruments? Well, uh, there's musical instruments in heaven. Okay, well, do we not need lights, colored lights? Well, there's the God, the throne of God is surrounded by color. Oh, okay. Uh, and what, what we don't need haze? Well, wait a minute. Isn't, the, isn't there smoke around the throne of God? See, see what I mean? Why do we have to argue about it? It's okay if you don't like it. It's okay. Let's just worship Jesus. Let's share the gospel. Let's minister together. Uh, we don't have to agree on everything. Can we just lay aside those non-essential disagreements so that we can grow in grace and grow and be used of God? <laughs> Isn't that great? 303. 303- Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and the lines are lighting up. It's open. You could talk about whatever you want, whatever's on your mind. Uh, we're going to go to line one. Lori in Denver, Colorado. Lori, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, what's up? I was um, I'm wanting prayer for my daughter. She's twenty six, and she's experiencing a lot of anxiety. It actually started a couple of years ago. Um, since then, she's gotten married, and they're pregnant with a baby, which she will deliver oh, wow. in March. Wow, congratulations. And she's really struggling with anxiety to yes. the point of um, it's interfering with her work, yes. and she's going to go see a doctor tomorrow. Good. She's thinking about making a job change, so Good. I just wanted to lift her up. Let's lift her up. You know, and I, I think that uh, we, we need to understand that the Bible validates anxiety. Uh, I know that the Christian community sometimes doesn't validate it, but the Bible does. 
the Bible makes yeah. it very clear that we exp- that some of us, not everybody, right? Some people have different personalities, but some of us right. get anxious and worry. And we know that for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jesus told us not to worry. So why would he tell us not to worry if it wouldn't be an issue for us? Um, and right. then, and then he didn't command us like a dad pointing the finger. He's just like, would you, would you just trust me? Would you trust the father? Do you see how good, you know, you can almost hear Jesus. Do you see how good God takes care of the flowers? Do you see the birds? They never pay mortgage. Um, and if God hmm. takes care of the flowers and he takes care of the birds, don't you think he's going to take care of you? And so he says, not worry. And then you fast forward into the new Testament, uh, and you find in Philippians that, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. And like you're asking for Mm -hmm. prayer, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make a request made known to God and and with thanksgiving, and God will give you peace that guards your heart and mind. And so anxiety, worry, and how about fear? You know, how many fear knots are there? I've heard that somebody counted up the fear knots, that there's over 360 of them, one for every day of the week. I think that's what it was. Wow. Frank's looking at me like he was like, what? Uh, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's the phrase. But I, I just want to validate for your daughter. I'm not saying it's okay. I mean, I'm not saying to live in fear is okay or anxiety, but it's real. And it's something we right. battle and something that we confess and something God can deliver us from. So let's pray for her. Thank you. Father, we do pray for this sweet sister, God, that's dealing with a lot of thoughts, mm-hmm. a lot of concerns. Uh, and I'm sure with a baby growing within her womb that, that her hormones is, are probably playing into this too as her body changes and begins to give life to mm-hmm. two, not just one. And so I pray for her, Lord. I pray that protect her from condemnation. Uh, God, give her wi- give wisdom to these doctors that she's seeing that, and even decisions mm-hmm. that she's laying before you that she could walk in wisdom. Your word says that if we lack wisdom that yeah. we can ask you and you will give to us liberally. And so as she's seeking you, and knocking and asking, I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself and the direction you want yeah. to take. And, and I pray by faith that you would remove her anxiety, that you would sovereignly, supernaturally replace her anxiety with a moment-by-moment faith in you. In Jesus' yeah. name, amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. The, have okay. uh, have her call or you call and give us an update on how, how what the Lord's doing. We'll do. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, you know, um, I unfortunately worry a lot, um, and that's primarily because uh, I don't trust the Lord. And and then so people are like, "What? You're a pastor. You don't trust the Lord?" Yeah, you know, there are times when I don't. I wish I did. Uh, I wish I could say with absolute authority. Oh, I trust the Lord all the time. I never have any lapses of faith or anything, but that, that would be so not true. Um, it, it's, I'm grateful for the faithfulness of God. I'm grateful for his great love for us. I'm grateful that even in my worst condition, uh, he sent Jesus Christ to die for me. And you know what's true for me is true for you, of course. Uh, even in your worst condition, God is sent his only son to die on your behalf because he loves you that much and that by faith in him you too can experience a peace that passes all understanding and i have to say uh, as much as i might uh, highlight my failures i also want to highlight god's successes i have experienced peace i have trusted god Uh, pastor chuck used to teach us before he went to heaven 
that, you know, when things are coming, accusations coming, uh, let God be your defender. Well, I've trusted God with a lot of things. I'm trusting God with a lot of things. Uh, and and I, I know that he is going to let truth be revealed. And maybe you're in a situation right now where truth needs to be revealed. Don't take things into your own hands. Just keep your eyes on the Lord and just know that the Lord is going to be your defense. Now, you can defend yourself if you like. Uh, you can defend yourself. Uh, but then you're limited to your resources. You're limited to, uh, you know, what you're limited completely, like majorly um, limited. But if you trust in the Lord, you, you are able then to lean upon his unlimited resources. And that's what you want. That's what I want. And, you know, let the, let the people around you do what they want to do. Let them say what you want to say. Let them post what they want to post. Just they have to, they have to answer to God for that. They don't have to answer to me. Um, God is faithful and he will do a work in hearts. So good. I love it. You can trust them. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going out to Kiowa here in Colorado. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I think God is revealing his faithfulness, and sometimes he reveals his faithfulness through difficulties. Um, but praise God, he's faithful even when we're not. Amen. Hey, um, I got a quick question. We've been in Revelation studying, and uh, we're in 10. Okay. And um, um, I don't have uh, the Bible in front of me right now, but just going back to memory, that, uh, um, you know, a great angel comes down and puts uh, one one foot on land and one foot on sea. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're studying that, you know, saying that that, that, that angel is a Jesus. Yes. Um. Well, you know, I was always taught that, you know, at the end of the tribulation, that um, Jesus was only going to come back once. That's you know, correct. That, that every eye would see. Yes. Then. Yep. So, so does every eye see him then? And okay, well, let's read it for everybody listening. Let me pull it up. Revelation chapter ten. Uh, it is one of those passages that people have different views. Verse one. I still see an. I, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, a face like his sun, feet like pillars of fire. And he had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea, his left foot on the land, and he cried with a loud voice, like a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Uh, now when seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. So the question is, who's the angel? And many yep. people say that this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ because the description surrounding this angel is very similar to um, what we read in John in uh, what John saw in chapter one. Uh, right. However, I don't agree with them. I don't think this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. And for me, the key word is another. That's an important oh. word. That word another means another of the same kind. And at this point in Revelation, we've seen the Lamb. He's high and lifted up. He opens the seals. He's glorified. He is in full control. Uh, and Jesus is orchestrating this, and I believe he's orchestrating it 
from a place of sending this angel. I don't believe this angel is Jesus Christ, personally. Okay. How about, um, I think in chapter 7, um, you know, when the four, the four horses come out, one's white, one's red, one's green, um, we're kind of studying that that horse, the white one, was um, Jesus, too. But, um, you know, I can't see him coming with a bunch of evil people. But. Well, when you are looking at, um, are you? Did you say chapter seven? I think it's chapter. I, uh, I, I'm not I sure. Think if it's that's a little good. earlier than that. But uh, that too. Yeah. When you see the angels coming out, you know Jesus is he's orchestrating these things um, as you see him opening the seal, uh, and the first seal that's opened, you have a white horse coming out um, that. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown, and he went out yep. conquering and to conquer. So the seal actually is opened by Jesus, and this first seal is is not Jesus. This this writer is a counterfeit uh, because you have the lamb opening the seals, uh, and the seal yep. opens up this first horse with its rider, who I believe is the Antichrist. I don't believe that's Jesus at all. No, let yeah, me ask you guys. Let me ask you a question. On the perspective of the person teaching Revelation, are they teaching it from a literal perspective, or uh, how are they? What is their interpretive methodology? Do you um, know? I guess I really don't know how to answer that. Um, are you studying you know, it within the, your church? Uh, pardon me. Are you studying it within your church, or is it like just a private Bible study? Or no, no, it's it's just a private. Okay. Bible Got study, it. and and uh, and uh, this gentleman is um, really um, knowledgeable. You can ask any question, and he he just knows exactly where you know he's very very good with the Bible. I mean, he just knows where everything is. Which you know, I I would like to get there one day, but uh, what when you say he answers all the questions, when you ask this question about the angel, did he identify him as Jesus? Um, well, we have studied it, and. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, kind of came up with that, that, um, you know, that was probably Jesus. But, you know, I, I still figured that, you know, he only came back once or, or is only going to come back once, you know, at the end of the tribulation where, where everybody will see him, you know, and, and um, you know, they're not going to see him in the rapture. But Right. So, so that was just kind of my... You know, because I think a lot of people have different views on that, just like you said. So, Well, thanks, my friend. God bless you. Hey, Ed, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. God Be bless you guys out in Kiowa. How, what's, uh, how's Kiowa these days? Kiowa's very nice. I'm um, growing. But, growing? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a yeah, few people from the church here move out there. They, they like, it's no longer Elizabeth, man. They want to go farther. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're still yep, close enough to town, but you got some space and some land. Some land. Yes. Yep. Well, God bless you guys out there. All right. Thank you, Ed. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right off to line three is Wani, the opposite way, Strasburg. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Thank Wani. You. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Um, several weeks ago... Um, the last two weeks, I've spoken with Pastor Jeff about um, two young ladies in Cheyenne Wells, which is in eastern Colorado. Okay. Um, 
there was a there was an accident, and Savannah and Kaylee were the young ladies, fourteen and fifteen. Savannah had broken bones and bruises, but she came home. Um, Kaylee, unfortunately, um, was more seriously injured, and mm. I just found out today from the contact person in Cheyenne Wells that Kaylee's injuries are too severe for her to survive, oh, no. and she's been taken off life supports. Mm. And um, Cheyenne Wells is a very small community, and this is just affecting the whole yes. community. And then, unfortunately, Savannah's, the, who was in the accident with Kaylee, on Sunday her dad died, and it's just rocking this community. And um, I know so many people have been praying for the situation, and I just told Pastor Jeff that when, as soon as I got information, I would pass it on. And so I'm just asking for prayers for the family of Kaylee and the whole community in Kiowa, in um, Cheyenne Wells. Okay, let's do that. Father, I do pray for this precious young lady. Um, even as life support is removed, you still have opportunity to act. Um, and there's still, as long as there's breath in the lungs, there's life in the body. So I pray, God, that, um, that you, um, even as the doctors have given bad news and bad report, we... We know that you are the miraculous. You can't. You you are able to do the miraculous, and we pray that. I pray for the grieving in the morning, as as this is a very sh- challenging, difficult time. And I pray God that uh, through this season, um, that you would be with this small community, with this precious family, with the families that are all interconnected, um, and even my sister calling in from Strasbourg. God, just knowing that um, your heart is with the brokenhearted. Even as I was thinking this morning, you're attracted to weakness. And so I pray, God, that you would be um, you would be in the midst of this horrible situation with the many people that are hurting and suffering. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Thank you, Wani. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, uh, we, um, we watched as the life support was taken off of our son. And while some thought that he would immediately pass, he didn't. Um, matter of fact, his body was strong, and he, he was out breathing his breathing machine anyway. And, and there, some of us sat there hopeful that he would wake up and be stronger. Yes, he'd be injured, and I pray for the hopeful around this little girl. I pray for the hopeful. I pray against the hopeless and the fear and the, I pray, I pray for, um, you know, it's a, it's hard. It's hard to see, uh, your child, um, in a helpless state and you're unable to help them. And even medical decisions you're not able to make for them. Uh, it's just brutal. And, and yet it's not outside the will of God. Don't ever forget that. Even as painful as it can be. I remember, uh, one of the brothers here, a dear brother, uh, just such a solid man of God. He took me to Psalm 138. He did it like I like I like to teach. I don't think he did it. Uh, um, he did it in such a way where um, he did it because I taught him that. I think he knew it before me. But um, actually, in I think it's Psalm 139. Let me get there. Have my Bible here. 
He took me to Psalm 139, and he made me read it in my Bible. And this is what he said. This is what the Bible says. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me. And even as we um, see uh, somebody die at a young age, or even sometimes in an older age, it's always unforeseen, it's always unwanted. Death is an enemy. But the days have been written. And so even in the loss of my son, uh, and all the drama and circumstances surrounding it, uh, it was the, the Lord was in it. Um, the Lord is in it. He's so good to us. I'm so grateful. Uh, that uh, we were able to get 26 years with him. So grateful for the joy and the just the changes that God brought about in our lives from his life. So good. It was such, such a wonderful. I was able to be a part of his son's life while he was alive. It was glorious. I appreciate it. I, I received that from the Lord. And so as you are listening right now and you're facing great trial, I know it's hard. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it ain't hard or difficult, or challenging, or dramatic, you know, of course it is, but the Lord is on the throne, he's, he's not, he's not at the whim of man, he's on the throne, and he's faithful, and he's good, and he remains good, which reminds me to let you guys know that we sent our book to the printer, and we've been working on this for three years, it's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart, And it was born out of my um, son's passing. And and it was born out of the difficulties that was experienced through pain and grief and things that that aren't readily known. And, And God is so faithful to bring beauty from ashes. And he can do that with you. So... Be looking for, we're going to make it available, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, December 12th and 13th. It's going to be available here at uh, Calvary Church after each service. I'll be sharing a message on hope and encouragement. And uh, we want to get these books in here, especially before Christmas. We did a little pamphlet. That's going to be available too because we sold out. We have a few of them left, but we sold out of all of them. Uh, such a great demand because it just needs to be encouragement. The Lord has encouragement for us in difficult times. Uh, and, and from the deep, deep difficulty, um, uh, let, me, let me share with you um, a testimony of someone that's uh, got a, um, a very long-standing um, illness, and this is a testimony. Um, I don't have permission to use the name, but I'll t- read you the testimony. God has been using the book to encourage us. There are so many great reminders. I prayed for more of my joy back in September when there were more difficulties in this situation. And I saw with my own eyes things get worse day, each day, uh, no matter what I did. And I was physically spent at the end of each day. And all I could do was help make things a little more comfortable. And God has been using your messages and friends' prayers, comments, and other books, including yours, to remind me of why I still can rejoice in this suffering. It was great to be reminded that God is working all things together in the spiritual realm for good, 
even though I lose sight of it sometimes. Um, that's an unpublished testimony um, that is available uh, that are going to start coming in, I know, because the Lord wants to bring encouragement. He doesn't want to be nasty. He doesn't want people all jacked up. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be comforted. The Bible says that God is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. <laughs> and so the book is called God's uh, Help. <laughs> we, you would not believe how many titles we went through. Uh, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Uh, and so you hear the music. I'm going to get back to the phone lines when we come back. God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Also, I'll give you info on the pamphlet you can get on Amazon. Um, all available there. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grateful, coming up on 21 years here in December. And you know what else is coming up in December? Grace FM, 10 years on the air. That's how long it's been, 10 years on the air. I remember where I'm sitting right now was just a big open room, and we had a table. I'll have to dig that picture up. We had a table against the wall with a computer on it plugged into one outlet, uh, one of those, what do they call them? Computer outlets. Uh, not USB, but the, what is it called, Frank? The little internet. It's an in, it's an internet. It's a K... Um, Whatever it's called, it was. It's. It's still, I think, in the wall over there. Um, nothing like it is now. It was just a little. All we had was a computer. Um, Brother Andy was sitting at the computer, running it, uh, plugged into the wall. It, we actually ran it that way for many years before we built this out, or at least for a year. And then I remember one time the radio went down, Frank, uh, because somebody was walking in the room and hit the cord, and pulled it out of the wall before we moved it to where you are. Uh, but 10 years, 10 years on the air. <laughs> what a glorious privilege it is to be on the air. Uh, and Ethernet jack, it was the Ethernet jack. That's all the computer was, a computer and an Ethernet jack. Is all we had back then. And uh, look what the Lord has done. Now we have two stations. We're working, well, I can't say we're working. Like we don't, the station we were looking at in the Springs, or excuse me, in Canyon City, did not turn out to be available anymore, uh, so the, that was a bummer. But we're still knocking because we want to reach you guys. Well, we want to reach the prisons. They can't hear us yet. We want to reach the prisons in Canyon City uh, and reach that whole area: Pueblo, Pueblo West, Canyon City. Even a bigger signal in the Springs you can pray for, um, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Ten years, so we'll be sure to, to uh, connect with us on social media. Download our free app for Grace FM. We'll be sure to give a shout out to everyone. And thank you guys too. Yesterday was Giving Tuesday for everyone that gave a special gift to Grace FM yesterday. Thank you. Um, your uh, small gifts, large gifts, any gifts go to um, eternal rewards. And God uses them. So thanks. Here's a quick text question before I get back to the phone lines. Pastor Ed, um, did... Uh, when Sarah asked Abraham to send the Egyptian handmaiden, her son, away, 
was her son Ishmael? Yes. Did the Lord say that he would be a great leader? Uh, here's what the Bible says in Genesis uh, chapter 17. Um, I'm going to say yes, but here's what the text says. Um, it says, And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. However, the next verse says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And he was finished talking with them. God went up from Abraham. So I guess you could say he, he was promised to be a great leader, but not the leader of which God would make his covenant with, by which Messiah would come. That was for Isaac. 303-690-3000. Let's see. We're going to go to Commerce City now. Matthew, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Uh, congrats on 10 years on the air at uh, Grace FM. Oh, yeah, we're excited. That's so unbelievable how God's been gracious to us. All right, so I had a question. I've been uh, in the Gospels here, and I'm in Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 29, and speaking in uh, Nazareth at the synagogues. Yes. And uh, he's angered some people when he kind of calls them out and um and it says here they they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill of which the town was built so yes. that they could throw him down the cliff yes but passing through their midst he went away yes so i'm just reading through you know things are revealed to me more and more every time and i'm just kind of i guess i just did i just miss this part where um, you know, they, they were really wrathful against him and wanting to, to just end him right there, it seems like. Very accurate. You know, if you go with us to Israel, we one of our stops is a little place called Nazareth Village. It's in Nazareth, uh, and in Nazareth Village, it gives you an idea. They uncovered uh, some, you know, a little cave. They uncovered a wine press, and they take you a little tour. It's really cool. Uh, it gives you an idea of what first century Nazareth was like. And then when we're done with that, almost always it's at sundown, uh, we take you up to this very area. Um, there's a, there is the brow of the hill where we take you up. They built it up kind of as a touristy thing, but you can get off the touristy part and go off onto the rocks. And, and it is a, you know, somebody being thrown off of that would most certainly be extremely injured, if not dead. Uh, and it's very close, you know, it's right on the edge of town, uh, you, it, it's got a amazing panoramic view uh, from Nazareth, and and here he is. You know, the devil is using people to bring about, or at least to attempt to bring about, uh, the death of Jesus uh, prematurely. And you know, he did offend them. Um, he offended them through his rebuke in um, in a strong way, um, and he talks about how even. Um, there were widows, uh, even in Elijah day, um, that was blessed by God and lepers that were blessed by God, but none of them was cleaned except the Gentile Naaman of Syria. Uh, and, and he, they're just flipping out, you know, they're, they're upset. They're filled. It says right there in verse 28, they're filled with wrath. You know, think about that. You know, again, what God's revealing to you, just think about that. You're in a, you're in a Bible study, you're, you're, 
church. They do a Bible study. It's all about the love of God and the goodness of God and his faithfulness to heal, his faithfulness to send Elijah to a Gentile widow or to a widow, um, healing a Gentile man, Syrian. Uh, and then your church decides to end with worship. You're singing songs, and it's great. <laughs> and then you leave so filled with wrath you want to kill someone. That's exactly yeah, what I, happened. I'm thinking about that, and the way you put it kind of makes sense because, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, in earlier on in 4, it says that Satan departed from no. Jesus until an opportune, an opportune time. time. That's right. That's how it kind of ends before Jesus's ministry, and that's when he was tempting Jesus and all that. You know, he departs after Jesus kind of sends him away, and for a more opportune time, would you say that that's the opportune time that Satan chose was, you know, to to kind of use that time he angered some people to use their anger? Yeah, I think that's one of the opportune times, yes. I think it was an area of, uh, uh, it was an opportunity, you know, if you if we were to teach this, uh, and use that angle, that observation you've got. Here is uh, the religious response to the truth, and in in a religious response to the truth, it was actually a murderous heart, uh, and inspiring men uh, to be so angry with Jesus and what he said, uh, which was true. He was just quoting the scriptures; that he was just giving the stories. That who knows? It could have been very well uh, tied to what their daily reading was in the synagogue. And yeah. as he gives understanding to it, here he is. Here, here's a group of religious people who are obviously not born again yet. Nobody's born again yet at this point. Um, they're all living under the old covenant still by faith. Um, but right. this would be one of many opportune times. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, uh, You're Pastor. Welcome. Great observation. On that. God bless you, man. God bless you. Bye bye. Hey, before the break, I mentioned that our book is at the printer. It's coming. We're going to have copies available December 12th and 13th right here at Calvary Church. Uh, it's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. It was a book born out of great grief and sorrow after the death of our son at the age of 26. Uh, and uh, I just know God's going to use it. Already we've sent some preview copies out to minister to people in PDF, and it's just, uh, it has uh, born, I want to say born, it's born much fruit already. Uh, and it's uh, not because it's anything new, uh, not because it's like I'm the best author in the world, but because God wants to encourage you. He, that's what he wants to do. He's going to use a lot of things, and I think he's going to use this book. Now, of course, he's going to use the Bible, um, but these were Bible studies uh, in writings that we merged together and edited so that it would be, I just find and maybe you're like this, uh, Frank. Maybe you're like this. People just relate to w written word more than they relate to the spoken word. Uh, and so we got a lot of Bible studies and videos and YouTube, and that's all great. But sometimes it's just good to sit down with a book and let it minister to your heart. So we called it God's help. The final title is God's help for the troubled heart. And I I'm thinking it's not just grief. So people are like. Well, is it a grief book? Not, not only, It's not just grief, although you can, if you've got deep, deep issues, this is going to minister to you. If you've got bitterness in your heart, it's going to minister to you. If you lost a job, it's going to minister. You went through a divorce, it's going to minister to you. Um, because I was reminded, and although this wasn't necessarily a motive in the title, I was reminded of this, um, you know, the, um, the, the reality of... Um, uh, Mary and Martha, remember what Jesus said uh, to Martha? He, she, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. 
Now, that probably could have been another chapter in the book. Um, uh, I'm sure I mentioned it, but uh, that, that word means to be uh, no, like your life is noisy and disturbed. That's what that Greek word means for troubled. Noisy and disturbed. And, and aren't we living in a time filled with noise uh, and disturbances? And, and here he is. You know, you just got too many things going on, Martha. You're troubled about a lot of things. Uh, and I also think of in John 14, where Jesus said, uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. And here's this, the fact that we are troubled. We're troubled. Uh, let me see. I'm going to look real quick. If that, that is a different Greek word. That word means to, uh, to agitate. So there's agitation. Trouble means agitation. Then Jesus uses the word in John 12, 27, uh, and I think that's agitated as well. Same word. So agitated, noisy, disturbed, and we just want to help you. We want to put this book in your hands. Uh, it's at the printer, and we are looking forward to making it available after all services here. December 12th and 13th. It'll be on Amazon. We also did a pamphlet called uh, You'll Make It Through, and we wrote a pamphlet just to help with these COVID, uh, not just COVID, it's not like a COVID book, but like this prolonged trial difficulty, like you don't feel like you're going to make it. This little pamphlet, it's only 30 pages, is also available. You can just search uh, uh, Ed Taylor or You Will Make It Through on Amazon. But when you search, make sure you get my page with my picture because Ed Taylor, the Santa Claus has an Amazon book too. <laughs> he has my website and he also wrote a book and he's on Amazon. You'll see his Santa Claus face. I think it's like how to be a good entrepreneur because he's like a successful Santa Claus. Like he makes buck, he makes bank. So now he's selling a book, but that's not me. <laughs> I'm not, my books aren't on entrepreneurship. Uh, they're on the things of the Lord. So just make sure you hit my page on Amazon, okay? Um, uh, my assistant, uh, Cassandra, put a page together, uh, and it's all up there. So we are, I uh, answered that question by text. Uh, here's something, just an encouragement. It's an exhortation, came through text. For everyone, and I quote, don't give up on the Lord. He didn't give up on you. So there's a word from the Lord to somebody, and let's just go back uh, to the phone lines. Dennis is in Broomfield. Dennis, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing, Pastor Ed? Doing great. Good. I got a quick question. It's Revelations twenty-one, I believe it is. I'm on my Bluetooth in the car here, so I'm not. I can't exactly uh, tell you exactly where in the Bible. It's the last couple verses of the Bible, and basically it says, "Whoever adds to this book, will uh, I believe it says, will be uh, let the curses." of this book, and then whoever subtracts from the book, let it be blotted out from the book of life. Yes. Now, my question is, okay, before, I believe, Luther in the 15th century came, there was five more books in the Bible, in Catholicism, the Catholic Bible. Well, then, you know, with the Reformation, then the Protestants came in, they subtracted the book, subtracted. Now, uh, the Catholics would say, well, you see, you Protestants, you, you subtracted from the book, <clears throat> So does that mean we're out of the book of life? Now, a Protestant will say, okay, Catholicism, you added a book of life, so all these plagues are going to be on you. So I'm really kind of mixed up about that. Well, I think you make a really good observation with the way you describe the, the observation. You know, either side can claim that the other side 
uh, is is lost. And what we need to do is we need to take those five books that are in question and what are known as the Apocrypha, and we need to come to some sort of conclusion of whether they belong in the Bible at all. Uh, and there's a lot of great information that's available on the Apocrypha of where where they belong uh, and what is you know, should they be there? Because that's the question. The question isn't which side is right or wrong. The first question that we ask is, should they be there? Um, you know, for example, um, in Tobit, chapter 6, uh, Tobit uh, condones the use of magic. Um, in Tobit, chapter 4, there it teaches that forgiveness of sins is by human effort, not the grace of God. In Second Maccabees, it says money is an offering for the sins of the dead. And on those simple statements, we can dismiss that those books are accurate and acceptable because they contradict the wholeness, the continuity of doctrine in the scriptures. And so, you know, even some of the books like Judith have wrong historical facts, and the Apocrypha was written during the time uh, when God was silent. And you know how it is when you're silent, you just want to speak up. Uh, The word Apocrypha means hidden, uh, and they were written uh, between the time of uh, Christ, you know, between 400 BC and the time of Christ, the really, you know, the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew, um, and so based on the internal evidence of those books that contradict the, the the fullness of Scripture, I believe they're to be rejected. So based on that conclusion, I believe their inclusion uh, in the Scriptures should have never taken place, uh, and it was wise to remove them. Well, uh, yeah, that, that that makes sense because you know that contradicts the Bible. Then, then from our standpoint as a Protestant and the Catholics, they added so according to uh, Revelations, then all the plagues of of the Bible are going to be upon them because they added stuff that's not supposed to be added. Okay, right? so that so that's a good conclusion, but I don't think it's fully accurate. I think what okay. is what what would be accurate is the people that made the decisions to add those books and continue to ratify them they're going to pay the price, not necessarily every single Roman Catholic. Like, Roman Catholicism has other issues. Um, A person that doesn't have a faith in Jesus Christ, they're the ones that are going to pay the eternal price. But I think that that blotting out refers to the people, the leaders, the pastors, the people. I, I don't think it's a blanket statement of every person that considers themselves a Roman Catholic. However, I do believe that we all have to have responsibility for searching out the truth, so everyone will be individually responsible for God, but to God for their decisions of whether to accept those books or not, just because somebody told them to. Um, that everyone has personal responsibility, but I think that reference of being blotted out or having a having um, you know a sin a, a really dark ending to their life that seems like they can't recover from refers to the people that decided to put them in in the first place. Well, I, I really appreciate that. You really enlightened me because I was kind of stuck on that. No, it's a great. I like the way you put it. I like your observation. I like how you walk through. I like your conclusion. Those are you have a thinking mind that would is really helpful for this discipline of of inductive Bible study. Have you ever been trained in inductive Bible study before? No, but you know, um, I just retired. But I worked at I worked at a gym for years and years, and I had an owner who who was really instrumental in my walk with the Lord. Yes. And so I was like, I like to believe I was an encourager. 
And that's awesome. Uh, we would talk all the time, and I would call when I was working. I would call your station quite a bit right at four <laughs> o'clock to get on, and, and I'm always trying to think like, what's the other side? Because I used to be yeah. a Catholic, and I yes. go, okay, it's not so black and white because they will give for every point you have, it's counterpoint to them, and vice versa. So what's the other person thinking about? And maybe because I have a strong sales background, I always try to put myself in the other person's uh, shoes. And I, you know, I love reading the word. I just can't get enough of it. I try to spend 45 minutes an hour, five, six days a week into the word. So well, let me, just, let me give you know, a book. Just, let me give you a book it. recommendation. I think it'll really help you uh, since you have a little extra time on your hands to, it'll really bless you. You ready? Yeah. It's called how to study the Bible and enjoy it by Pastor Skip uh, Heitzig. Okay. How to study the Bible and enjoy it. It's the m- most thorough, basic introduction to inductive Bible study. He just makes it so accessible and so easy that uh, I think it'll be a great addition to where you are in your walk right now. I do appreciate that. I'm driving, so could you, like, before the end of the show, could you say that again? Because I'm driving, yeah. and I'm going to have to, you know, get a pen and all that. Well, I email me. It when you get I'm, home... Email yeah. me, and uh, I'll try to remember it at the end of the show if I can. But if I don't, email me at ed at edtaylor.org and just say, hey, Ed, what was the name of that book? And I'll, I'll, I'll respond to it for you. Okay, one more time. I, I stopped. What's the name of that, Pastor? It, the name of the book is How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. Okay. By Skip Heitzig. Okay, Skip. How do you spell the last name? H-E-I-T, Z as in zebra, I-G as in George. Heitzig. Okay. How to read? How to study the Bible? Enjoy it. Yep, you'll. You, okay. It'll be so good for you right now. God bless you, Pastor. All right, man. God bless. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Taking your text as well. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Please pray for my husband and I to conceive. I'm trying not to give up hope in God, but I'm pretty much have. Sarah and Zach. God, I pray. I pray for Sarah and Zach. I can think of a few other people. Uh, here and even in our own church family that have had a hard time conceiving. And I just pray you would open her womb according to your word and comfort her. And she's ready to give up. And, uh, you know, I think of, um, oh my goodness, the the woman in uh, Samuel, the mom of Samuel. I'll just call her Samuel's mom, um, who also was desperate because her womb would not open. And she came to you with her desperation. So I pray for Zach and Sarah to come to you with their desperation by faith, knowing that you will be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move over to Aurora. Line three is Lloyd. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Hey, what's up? Um, I just wanted a, a quick question, uh, answer to this quick question. Yes. My stepdad asked me yesterday in regards of when Jesus... Uh, went down to Hades yes. or Seoul uh-huh. and set the captives free. Um, yes. If it was just like the saints, or if it was also um, everyone else, um, basically yeah. every population before uh, the Messiah. It, so that's a great question, um, and let me give you a couple clarifications on it. So first of all, you know that prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the eternal state as described by Jesus, was made up of two compartments that were mm-hmm. separated by a big gulf. Remember, one side was called Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. and the other side was called torments. And so prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Institute of the New Covenant, it appears 
that most people after they died went to one of those sides, just like the rich man and Lazarus. That's where we get that right. from, and we get insight. So after the death of Jesus, Jesus descended into the the uh, Abraham's bosom side, the side mm-hmm. of the eternal, those that ha- that were um, destined for eternal life, you know, men and women of the new covenant, or the old covenant, uh, covenant relationship with God. And he set the, they, they were in captivity, they were set free into a more full relationship in the eternal state in the presence of God. There's a little bit of debate on that, um, of, you know, as, uh, as we have Elijah ascending into heaven, Enoch, ascending into heaven, you go, well, wait a minute, if he ascended in heaven to the presence of God, how could... So there's a little bit of debate on that, but mm. just going for what we receive, uh, Jesus emptied out the Abraham's bosom, or the paradise side, and torments now uh, is the entirety of what of Hades, uh, Sheol, the place of the dead, is the Hebrew, uh, that Hades is a temporary place of the unrighteous dead, that will be mm-hmm. thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity at the end of the book of Revelation. So one of the mis- one of the most popular misteachings or false teachings about Jesus descending into the lower part of the earth is that he was there fighting the devil and fighting for salvation. That's nonsense. He went as the victor, emptied out uh, torments, and ascended into heaven. Like, it was probably instantaneous. Because I was, I went to First Peter three eighteen. Yes, um, and talks about the um, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient, uh, when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few that is eight souls were saved through water. So like the um, so like the people of disobedience. That's what kind of like gave me like. I guess a clue or an idea that yeah. it was also that side that were taken up to heaven, kind of like a restart. Is that is that the right kind of thinking? That would not be. be they did not get a second chance. Um, okay. They didn't. That there are no second chances after death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a. It's almost like the preaching and proclamation wasn't in the context here. Wasn't for salvation. It mm. was a declaration of what they missed. It was a public herald that the kingdom has come that I have arrived, that, that what was taught to you is true, uh, honest, and, uh, and, and you were wrong. It's almost like a, a validation of their, um, you know, it doesn't just mean preaching the gospel. This word could also speak of just telling the truth, you know, mm-hmm. giving religious truth um, that, that I believe the context here is not uh, yeah. in any way a second chance, you know, because then, yeah. you know, again, when you take the entirety of scriptures, the Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment, and so mm-hmm. they're, they're experiencing the eternal judgment of God, and he's, they're not rescued by it, um, by the death and resurrection of Jesus, because they, they blew it. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah, because he even mentioned, was like, well, I guess it was kind of, you know, I guess it didn't matter if they were disobedience or not, they got a second chance, which is I, I didn't like sit well with me, like you know, like in my spirit. I, I just didn't think that was biblical. But right on, sweet. Thank you, Pastor. All right, Lloyd. God bless you, bro. Right, God bless. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're at the end of the show again. I'm sorry, guys. Um, we are at the end. Uh, we'll come out to service tonight. We are studying the Book of First Peter, talking about the Word of God and being born again. 
we are taking community together. We're praying together. We're praying over a mission team heading over to Watts uh, to serve in East LA or in South Central LA with a missionary we support. And yes, 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 yes. And again, yes, ministry goes on. The Lord is on the move. He is saving. He is discipling. He is sending. And we want to be a part of it. So we're meeting in person tonight. We'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock, 1 Peter chapter 1, talking about being born again, talking about the Word of God. And remember our uh, new book we just published. We have two. We have a pamphlet and a book. The pamphlet's available now on Amazon. It's called You Will Make It Through. Just search for my name on Amazon. And the hard copy of, of God's Help for the Troubled Heart, three years in the making, really seven years, uh, born out of deep grief and sorrow from my, from the loss of our son and, and also all the drama that surrounded that. It's just never-ending drama. You know, you, some of you live with never-ending drama, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but, man, let's keep our eyes on the Lord. We don't keep our eyes on the drama. We keep our eyes on the Lord. And we pray and let the Lord be our defense. And He will watch our back. And we will do what He's called us to do. And we will love and care and serve uh, because the Lord is faithful. And even if great lies are being told about you right now, you don't believe them, okay? Don't believe. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Even if they're on the lips of someone else, don't believe them. Trust in the Lord because he loves you. We'll see you tonight. More information about our church, calvaryco.church. Love you guys. What a privilege to be a small part of the huge work God's doing in your life. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.